Hey there, A-Holes, and welcome back to another episode of A-Hole Design Podcast. I'm Emily. And I'm Elise. And today we're going to talk about designing a career you want. But first, we're going to catch up, talk about our weeks. Um, Elise and I, surprise, are doing a second episode (laughs) on our first First post day. day. Yeah. Yeah. Um, We decided that we're giving you guys both an informational video and then well i don't know how to call it like an intro video i guess yeah, wait yeah. not even a video what am i i don't yeah. even know <laughs> a intro podcast and then giving you guys an actual podcast so you can see what we're up to but see us in action <laughs> where we Some really thrive <laughs> honestly um what have you been up to Elise? what's going on in your life well, this weekend, I went to a bridal shower, and <gasps> so I learned fun. that... Okay, well, there's a few things. Number one, it was on a farm. Mm-hmm. The farm... That could be a vibe. It was really cute once you got there, but, like, you had to park. But it's, like, a farm that does, like, corn mazes and all the fun, like, pumpkin picking. Like, oh. Literally, like, everything. So I thought... She's a spooky gal? No, no, no. Just, like, a fun, <laughs> open-during-the-day farm. And so... First, I was like, okay, maybe we can park in a different place. Like, we get special parking because it's like an event. Mm. No, we have to park with everyone else. So I park like. You're joking. No. So I park like down a hill. Like, it's a farm. Like, it's not like a real road, like a real And you're lot. probably looking cute, like wearing nice shoes. Yep. I was wearing to walk boots. walk down that, <laughs> that dirt road. Literally, me wearing booties and like a jumpsuit, and like everyone else is like in jeans and flannels. Wow. I was, like, cool. Also, they were all staring at you. Me lugging a three-piece luggage set. <laughs> Why? Wait, what? Because it was my gift. <laughs> oh, oh my gosh! So for sure. the bride? Yeah. Oh wait, yeah, for the bride. For some reason, my brain was totally like, "This is a baby shower, and you're no. bringing luggage for the baby." No. So picture me in heels walking up a hill in a parking lot in like a big bulky suitcase, like or not in a big with a big bulky like box that's wrapped. Mm-hmm. All the way up, I get to, like, the admissions, and I'm like, I'm here for, like, this bridal shower, blah, blah, blah. They're like, oh, yeah, you're in this barn, and it's, like, another five, seven-minute walk. I was like, of course. You're joking. And then, and you have to walk through, like, the actual, like, people, so it's, like, even more embarrassing. It's, like, it's oh not my just... Gosh. It's not just the parking lot. It's, like, everything. I was like, thank you, everyone. Thank you. Why wouldn't they have, like, the event barn on one side of the parking lot, and then, like, everyone else on the other side? Because it'd be too logical. That would be logical. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So cool. I, I get there. Everyone's like, oh my mm-hmm. gosh, someone help me leave. So I'm like, yeah, someone please help me. <laughs> like, <laughs> literally be sweating. Like, goodbye. Anyways. Yeah, seriously. I get there. Everyone, I, she goes through all the gifts. I'm like, oh, interesting. All the gifts are kind of like smaller things. I get mm. home. I'm like, mom, is there a difference between a bridal shower gift and a wedding gift? She goes, yeah, you didn't know that. I was like, mom, you literally watched me wrap this luggage like whole set and then haul ass like what do you mean you were prepping her for her honeymoon yes she was like yeah yeah usually the bridal shower is just like kitchen stuff like household items and then you just send the wedding gift directly to the bride's house like the couple's house Mm -hmm. i was like and you couldn't tell me this before and she goes i didn't want to micromanage you i was like seriously oh my gosh like this is the one time i i i invite (laughs) the micromanaging like please micromanage me Oh, so, that's why we're friends. 
that was a terrible terrible experience i mean learning curve was quick but you know <laughs> yeah i mean it sounds was the event fun after you got there yeah it was fun it was just yeah. it's always weird because i feel like people get excited for weddings but unless you know everyone it is kind of a weird situation because it's such a mesh That's of true. like literally like that person's life but throughout their life type thing mm-hmm. so it's like their family the husband's family and like their friends yeah. but even then a lot of her college friends couldn't come and I and only two other girls are from high school so and one of the girls from high school is like her maid of honor so she was like actually like running the bridal shower so I was like talking to her either mm, yeah that kind of stinks so yeah so just kind of meh but yeah so lesson number one everyone bridal shower gifts are small and portable <laughs> easily portable across like a farm <laughs> aka like bedding or whatever because she got a lot of like bedding and pots and stuff um i think that would be bedding would be equally hard i'm thinking of like a big old comforter that would still be hard to lug no like she got sorry she got a lot of sheets oh gosh those are boring yeah I know. give me something fun i don't want sheets and then i was like so i do look fucking stupid with a big ass (laughs) luggage thing but whatever yes i mean she got to take everything she received home in that luggage that day probably (laughs) please you made her life easier uh i just can't even with myself and then the only other thing that, that happened this weekend is that uh my boyfriend lorenzo and i carved pumpkins that was super fun oh that's yep. fun. We got to pick them with my what mom, did you, and then we all carved them. What did you make? Like, did you do a face, or? I did um, Jack Skeleton's face from <gasps> Nightmare Before. How'd I know? I knew it. She posted it Probably. on her Instagram story um, over the weekend, <laughs> so you guys will not be able to go back and view it unless maybe she'll <laughs> post it to the story when we post next maybe. Um, week. But I should. Or I guess for you guys, maybe she'll post it today. Do a yeah. little poll, see which one you like the best. But she posted on her Instagram story, and I knew the moment I saw it which one was hers. Which one did you think was Lorenzo's and my mom's? <laughs> oh, gosh. Weren't the other two ones pretty much the same? Um, one was a happy pumpkin, and one was an angry pumpkin. <sighs> I'm guessing Peg did the angry pumpkin. No, she did the happy pumpkin. Really? I could see her being like, no, it's a sassy pumpkin. <laughs> no, she wants it to be a happy pumpkin. <laughs> okay, okay. Yeah. Loren- but- Lorenzo was channeling his his angry pumpkin vibes. Yeah. All right. How was your weekend? Yeah, oh, you gosh. have a big update. I'm, oh my gosh, it was so busy. I feel like I'm going to come on here for the first like three ta- like episodes and be like, guys, my life was crazy for the past week because I'm still getting settled, adjusted, things are happening, still new to work. Uh, but this weekend, I got to go to High, Par- High Point Market um, with my company and a bunch of other designers. And essentially, High Point Market is... When all of the um, showrooms for materials and furniture and like paintings and accessories like open up and people can go and look at the new trends and it's a super, super huge event that happens in High Point. Um, We're near there, so it was not a hard commute for us, but Mm -hmm. it goes on for like five days and people can go to different classes and seminars and you can learn a little bit um, like about 
the interior design like business model and actually like how you should run your business versus like what are the trends that are upcoming how do you treat your clients what is good like gift giving ideas for your clients how often do you give gifts should you give gifts like it kind of walked you through every like thing that you don't think of until it becomes relevant so it was really fun to go and listen we went to a bunch of really great classes and actually this was my my famous person actually no i've got kind of two famous people that i met at at this but is this what you've been waiting to tell me this is what I was going to tell. I've been waiting to tell you for this moment. I did not meet Drew and Jonathan Scott, unfortunately. Oh, well, they were there all, week, um, all weekend, though. No, they were there all weekend. They had a game night on Saturday night, and I would have gone, but I was, like, so drained from being there. Like, it was so overwhelming. Um, I was yeah. telling my mom about it, and I showed her pictures, and she's like, that's literally designer Disney. Like, it's like... <laughs> No, but it's so big. Like, to walk from one end to the other, I think they were telling me it's, like, you can walk for, like, 10 to 15 minutes and still be, like, going through buildings full of showrooms and, like, like blocks of showrooms. It's huge. Like, there's a big That's bus crazy. terminal where, like, they bus you from where you park your car to the actual event. Like, <laughs> it literally looks like something straight out of Disney. It's so cool. But cool. one of the people that we listen to give talks... You want to guess who she's Joanna related Gaines. to? No. Sorry. Um, One of our other stands. Another stand. Mm-hmm. Who's an interior designer? Um, Like, kind of, sort of. Hmm. Think oh. of... I met Frank Lloyd Wright's granddaughter. <gasps> what? Mm-hmm. so she's a designer or is she just like she's repping? yeah she was an interior designer and then she became an interior design business coach so her name's melissa galt um and we went to two of her talks and she's like so good at public speaking i can't remember who else she's related to frank lloyd Wright is her grandfather i believe or great-grandfather and then she was related to two other really famous interior designers just weren't as relevant to me personally but like I was like, oh yeah. my gosh. And for those who don't know, Frank Lloyd Wright is a famous architect who did Falling Water. And what like era was he? Roby House. Um, oh goodness. I'm not gonna be able to remember. Hang on, let me look it up on my computer. Not really mid-century quickly. modern. <sighs> let me see. Frank Lloyd Wright era. um style of architecture was the prairie style oh i would never have guessed that no absolutely not our art history teacher i think mad she's yelling at us right now through through the mic through the speakers i can hear it from here um but yeah so she was related to frank lloyd wright which i thought was super cool because like he's someone that we learned a lot about in our four slash five years of education um Mm -hmm. He was one of, or he is one of our dean's um, favorite designers and architects. So he was incorporated into a lot of our classes. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Rightfully so. Yeah. But so Market was super fun. Uh, They call it Market, not High Point Market, just to get rid of some of the words. Market was super fun. I went Friday, Saturday, and Monday. Um, 
And yeah, it was really cool um, trends I took away from it. Lots of boucle. If you don't know what boucle is, you're missing out. It's a fabric. How do you um, spell it? B O U C L E. But the E has, I think it's an accent grave. Don't so which way does it. it slash forward um, or backward? The higher end goes towards the. Uh, Right. I'm directionally challenged. So sorry. It goes towards the right. So like how decor is, but over the Yes. Else. Yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> yes. Um, but lots of boucle, lots of acrylic. Um, one thing I thought was very fun was like the people played with proportions a lot. So it would be very like small, spindly, like legs of a chair, very small structure. And then like the seat and the backrest would be massive and like oversized. Mm. Lots of like very small to very large ratios. Um, I think I said acrylic, metal, um, boucle, lots of... Um, color lots of very rustic um curvilinear shapes there was absolutely nothing that had corners or points to it um and it's just never-ending circles (laughs) honestly and um we're moving away from the like sterile nude neutral phase and i think we're going to more kind of a granola um granola like rustic if that makes sense like lots of like colors that i took away from it were like browns rusts orange um yeah. some like really like mustardy yellows i saw like olive greens brass um a lot of like bronze colors like that kind of vibe yeah nothing a little like earthy crunchy yeah nothing like pops really it's kind of it all goes mm-hmm. together but you have to like look to see like it's I, um, I don't know how to Elise that. has some of my pictures from it and she'll I'm post them, them at them some now. point. Yeah. You're looking at them now. What's it's beautiful. What? Yeah, just to see. Yeah, the these photos will be sprinkled throughout um the Instagram mm-hmm. over time just because we don't wanna post them all at once. We need some photos to <laughs> save up in our inventory. Yes. Yeah, I know. But it was super fun. Um beyond work my sink broke again which is just really really rude of my sink so (laughs) i moved into my apartment um i think in about actually you know what right about when this podcast is coming out will be three months for me living in north carolina um in the three months that i've lived here my sink has now broken twice um so we have a disposal which is new to my world um i've experienced disposals before it's been fine experience this dis- well like i know what a disposal I've is i know how to i know how to pro- <laughs> i know how to properly use a disposal so don't come <laughs> for me but uh it keeps clogging the pipes like in our wall so it's not an easy like go in and like clean out the pipe like it's like Ew. they have to bring in this massive long rod and they have to like bang our sink and it takes like an hour an hour and a half to get it unclogged i have um banned the usage of the disposal from here on out in my household because i'm not going with and the thing is it will clog the sink and the sink will not drain so like i can do and of course both times this happened has been a friday afternoon and they don't have time to come friday afternoon to fix it and because it's not leaking it's not an emergency so i can't do my dishes in my sink i see 
see. Until it's fixed. And it didn't get fixed until Monday afternoon. So I had like three days of dishes piled up. Um, 10 out of 10 would not recommend. But um, it's fixed now. So hypothetically, that'll go okay. Yeah. And then, let's see. Another thing. I've started figuring out how I'm going to decorate my apartment for Christmas. Very excited. Again, <laughs> I am a Christmas gal. I am very early to the Christmas game. Don't judge me. I understand. I may I may um, deserve the judgment, but I'm very excited. I also booked my flights home for Christmas up to Maine so I can spend time with my family. Um, and I'm super excited. I'm going to be up there for a week, um, work from home for a few days. So oh, good. I'm really excited. Yeah. And my mom said she thinks it's going to be a white Christmas this year. Um, like there's a lot of predictions that December is going to be super snowy. And oh, my God. I'm I will cry I will fall if it snows while I'm home I love the snow so much I love the cold North Carolina is not as um uh accepting of my cold ways we I wish you were home for longer because then we could pod in real life I know that would be so much fun we could pod okay I'm done with we could using it as like a verb I'm like we could just pod (laughs) we could record yeah but I yeah. like pod better. You like pod better? I don't know yeah. about that. I don't know. Yeah. Um, you want to hear a joke that I heard today at work? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> sure. We so I have a like staff meeting basically every Wednesday morning, which is of course the day that so we record on Wednesdays generally and then post on Wednesdays. But yes, I have a coworker who tells a joke every week at our meeting and her joke today you ready for this sure are they design related or no no it's generally like it's like seasonally related as far as i've heard so far okay why can't a skeleton get mad um (laughs) it only has a funny bone no what you can't get under its skin. Ew. <laughs> You're done. I'm canceling. We were everything. all laughing really hard at work. You. Immediately. Ew. <laughs> ew. You just not accepting of me. Love that. No, cool. I just don't like jokes like that. Mm-hmm. Dad okay. jokes. Yeah. Dad jokes are my vibe. It's my personality. Your personality. So... But all right, should we get into it? Should we get into the meat and the potatoes of the episode, Elise? I think we should. You should. Yeah. So for this episode, we're talking about how to design the career that you want when you're in your twenties. So it's definitely hard going into it. I mean, whether you went to trade school, college, or you didn't go to college, mm-hmm. um, just how to design like the career that you want is what we're going to talk about today. Yeah, and we're going to talk from our own personal experience as well. So, like, Elise and I both have backgrounds in interior design, so we're going to be talking from the interior design standpoint, but I think what we're going to talk about can be really applicable to any field um, generally. Mm -hmm. It's easiest for us to relate to design, but, like, you could take this and apply it to, like, a business degree to some extent, or you can take this and apply it to my goodness say sports management like just the steps that we went through i think yeah i think it's easier to hear that someone else has done it and it is possible because i know like i just finished up 
applying for jobs, getting a job and all of that. So like I'm very, very fresh out of this phase of life and like can speak to exactly how I went about it and Mm -hmm. also how much I um, pushed it off. (laughs) I did not want to actually go through with it for a very long time, but we got there and I'm now having an income, which is a fantastic thing. So we'll be talking about it from that perspective, but again, apply what we talk about um to your own situation as necessary because yeah. yeah everyone can kind of understand the stresses of it all like trying to figure out are you going down the right path is this mm-hmm. what you want to do and then even then there's hurdles within the path that you want to take and how to either overcome it or um cope with the problems yeah. i don't know if cope is the word but like i think so maybe just accept them move on and continue like how to Mm -hmm. move forward i guess is a better term than yeah and i think yeah we did talk about it a little bit in the last episode of like how we got into design but i think how we got to our career today like still talking a little bit about like why we got into this Mm -hmm. a little bit because again these two episodes are coming out on the same day hypothetically you guys will have listened to that one first and then this one but (laughs) um We'll repeat that just a smidge. Yeah, I'll be quick though. No, okay. I'll I'm be super you. quick. Blip, blip, I'm blip, timing blip, blip. you. That's blip, 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 blip. <laughs> ready. Oh wow, so insightful. I know. <laughs> okay, so again, I took an architecture class in high school, and that's where I got a peek into the design world. So that was senior year of college. Mm-hmm. high school my or goodness girl school. sorry you were so. aging yourself these past two episodes you've really been aging yourself i know senior year of high school it was <laughs> like the end of junior year i can't remember at this point but anyways so that's when i decided i wanted to do interior design blah 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 uh did a bunch of college visits junior year and yeah junior year so i applied to five colleges i got into three i got waitlisted for one and denied to one so, so I know. Well, to be honest, that was one that my, I feel like a lot of people can relate to this. My mom wanted me to go to, but um, I knew for a fact I wasn't going to get in. It was like, oh, okay. Um, the acceptance rate was really low. Mm-hmm. So and, almost a blessing in disguise that you didn't have to like go through that kind of stuff of like, no, I don't actually want to go there. Well, even if I got accepted into it, I wasn't going to go. Okay. <laughs> so, I mean, it was fine either way. The one I got waitlisted for, I was interested in, but they, so for those of you, I don't know, I guess it depends on like the demographic, but cutoff is May 1st for colleges. And so I got like the letter in March or so for this one college that I was waitlisted for. And then they said that they wouldn't know if I got in or if it was like a for sure no until like August. And I was like, so mm-hmm. essentially when everyone's already in school. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Like I would have had to either like accepted a gap year at that point or gone to that college if they did accept me, which is too risky. Mm-hmm. So then that's how I ended up at the college that Emily and I went to, which was drum roll, please. <laughs> uh, how do I do a drum roll? Should I like, like snap? A <laughs> I'll snap. <laughs> Okay, let's, yeah, we're not doing a drum roll. <laughs> we chose <laughs> Endicott College, which is in Beverly, Massachusetts. Um, I chose after their accepted students day, and I actually did submit my, like, acceptance May 1st, which, again, is the deadline. So I did cut the, her a little close. 
opposite of me literally i'm the worst with that i'm still like that very much so like i'm either perfectly on time or i'm late so that would give me so much anxiety so endicott actually like the best thing that they do is for sure um the internship program so you have to take or complete three internships throughout your four years of college there Mm -hmm. so the first internship is over or the first two internships are over the summer so the first one's after freshman year which is the hardest to get because you're just a freshman and especially in interior design like there's not too much you know yet so a lot of people just do like materials libraries and stuff like that um and then the second internship is your sophomore year summer after sophomore year um that one is a little better because you at least know some of the computer programs to work in. So you're not completely just kind of, for lack of a better word, useless <laughs> as an intern. <laughs> and then the third internship is the longest. It's your first or second semester of senior year and it lasts the entire semester. And you have like a class that goes along with it that you have like assignments to you know make sure that you're doing these and all the internships you know your supervisor has to sign off on and they have to be approved by the college so there's Mm -hmm. a lot of things it's not just random so my three internships to go quickly were one was at a local design um it was more of like an an llc or like a one sole proprietorship company because it was just one Mm -hmm. designer who did residential stuff so i helped her and then second internship I actually chose to go down to Washington, D.C., and I did. I worked at a firm down there for the summer, which was really fun. And then um, this, my last internship was um, probably, I'm not going to lie, my least favorite because it was remote because of COVID and stuff. And it just wasn't, I mean, it helped in that it's for sure what I don't want to do. So it kind of helps eliminate stuff. But I was just pretty much working in Photoshop and that's it. And that's mm-hmm. just not what I wanted to do. But that was like my senior year one. That was a whole semester long. And then after that internship, I was like, I don't feel like I learned much. So I went and found my own internship over winter break my senior year. And that is the internship that led to like where I work now because it's the same company that just offered me a job post-grad. Mm-hmm. So that's how I got to my job. And yeah, so you can go with your background next yeah so I feel like a lot of our classmates also had that experience where like their last internship ended up either like giving them reference to their next job their career that they have now or um they actually just continued working at that last internship like you did so Mm -hmm. um similar to Elise um I found that I was really drawn to graphic design, interior design, and architecture by um, my senior year of high school. Um, I visited a bunch of schools between my sophomore and senior year of college, probably went to like 10 or 11 different schools to visit. I ended up falling in love with Endicott the first time I went, which was my sophomore year of high school. So pretty much my sophomore year, I knew where I wanted to go to school. Um, At the time, Endicott had rolling admission, so I had all of my stuff in and submitted um, the day the application opened, and I was accepted and committed by Christmas of my senior year. So, like, as far opposite from Elise as you can literally get. Like, I was 
very early. I think I committed, I think it was like December 21st, 2016. And so oh like, my gosh, girl. I was so early and it ended up being the only school that I applied to. And the way that I did that, um, I didn't want to pay a bunch of like deposit or not deposits, um, application fees. Yeah, and it's so stupid. It is so stupid. It's a way for a school to make money, but um, that could be a rant. Yeah, I didn't apply anywhere else. And the way that I was able to get away with that with my parents, um, I didn't want to pay the application fees. And also, I applied so early. And at the time, with rolling, you found out immediately whether you were accepted or denied. Um, and if I had been denied, um, I would have been denied at the same time in December. And so I would have had plenty of time before February, um, whatever, for deadlines to put yeah. in applications to other schools. So I didn't want to waste the time, the effort, or the money if I already knew that Endicott was the only school that I wanted to go to. Ended up at Endicott, absolutely loved it. Um, I definitely would recommend it as a school if you're interested in design, if you're getting into design. Um, really loved my experience, really loved the education system there. Um, part of that being the internships that Elise talked about, um, mm -hmm. the three required internships. And she explained it um, so I won't re-explain it. The only thing I'll add is you can do the first two during the winter too because of the amount of hours that you need. Um, oh, depends right. on kind of what you want to do, if you want to have the break in the middle of the year, if you want to keep working. I personally did both of mine over my winter break. So my first one was at a small um, residential design firm. And I worked in the materials library. I worked in AutoCAD. I did a couple of elevations for them, but nothing crazy. My second one was at a... Um, and what's AutoCAD for people? Oh, AutoCAD. Oh, goodness. How do you I forgot, explain AutoCAD? Because I forgot. I realized in the last episode I didn't explain Revit, so I felt Oh, bad. okay. Yeah. Um, so AutoCAD is a program that you can use to draw floor plans out using like vector lines and things like that. Um, it is not a program that you necessarily use to create 3D renderings and drawings and like the pretty stuff that you see, but it's what a lot of architects use to make and draft like official plans that people yeah. would use to like build off of and things like that. It's a lot easier to learn, and it's a little bit simpler, I would say, than trying to maybe go in and create a floor plan, like in Revit, another program we use, mm -hmm. and um, having to figure out kind of all the technicalities and stuff like that. Where So AutoCAD, you're drawing in 2D. Revit, you're drawing in 3D, if that yeah. helps. Yeah, and AutoCAD also is used a lot by engineers, so often we have to, if anything, export Revit to AutoCAD because... Of mm -hmm. all the layers and the way that the two programs differ, but yeah, yeah. Anyway, sorry. So you did AutoCAD <laughs> freshman okay. year. Internship. I did AutoCAD my freshman year internship. My sophomore year, I worked at a small firm that uh, designed banks and office spaces, which was really cool to see. Um, and there I did like client meetings and I was able to shadow a lot of visits to sites and things like that. I worked in SketchUp, which is another program we learned. Um, that is another program you can draw in 3D. Um, I would say it's more like 2D, but you drag up to 3. Yeah, it can be either. It's kind of an in-between between AutoCAD and Revit. So it can yeah. be either depending on what you need it to do. And then my senior year internship, I worked at a small um, 
residential firm and I ended up continuing to work there. So I had my senior year internship and I ended up working there for another year after that. So finishing out my senior year with them and then doing half of my master's working there as well. And I did a lot of renderings, floor plans. I worked on the computer for a lot of hours mm. um, and it was fun, but kind of not my end goal. Um, yeah. And I ended up doing grad school. Um, I would not say that you need to do grad school in order to be successful at what we do. I definitely will say that like when I walked into my interview for the job that I had, they were all so impressed that I had my master's. It's not, I'm not saying don't do it, but I don't think it is necessary for you to excel at the job. It's definitely going to be a really cool thing to have on like your resume or be able to talk about the experience that you had um, mm. and how it expanded your education. But that's really the only pro that I have discovered so far, unless you're completely starting over in design and you need to do a post-professional degree. So yeah. that or like school. you want to teach. Yes, if you're interested in teaching, you need to have your grad, uh, your master's degree. So I can yeah. now teach, which is actually something that I'd love to do in the long run. But um, I did grad school, and grad school wrapped up in August of this year. So just coming out of that. Um, mm -hmm. Then after grad school, I moved to North Carolina. I did not work for two months. I had been doing grad school full-time, and I also had two jobs on top of that while I was at grad school. So I was absolutely overwhelmed and I got here and just like basically slept for two months and it was amazing. <laughs> Not that hibernation. Would... <laughs> well, I had the savings to live off of for a little while. So I wasn't super compelled to get a job. I was overwhelmed. I was drained. I just wasn't feeling yeah. like... I was in a place where like I could start a job immediately and be happy. Like I really needed to take time to kind of just relax and then start again, which is what I did. And I have a little bit of a different um, story to Elise where Elise got her job through an internship and that's how she made that connection for me starting over. Um, I had to, I ended up using LinkedIn and Indeed, I believe. And um, also like Google careers is another thing you can do and it searches listings for jobs across all web platforms and kind of gives you a summary of each. Um, I found that was a really great resource as well, but excuse me, I think I started applying for jobs, let's say August, September, October, let's say like the middle of September mm -hmm. and I think I ended up applying to maybe 12 jobs um not all jobs that I necessarily wanted to do but I wanted to make sure that I tried to stick myself out there as much as possible yeah. um sending my resume sending my portfolio um for those who are new and don't necessarily know what a portfolio is, essentially you have to make a collection of all of the work that you've created um, in school, professionally at other jobs, um, things that you've done on your own, projects that display who you are as an artist and your capabilities. Um, so sending that out to different companies and I... Honestly, because I was just throwing applications out there, I wasn't great about it, but 
I followed up to probably five of the companies. And then um, the company that I work out now actually was the only company to offer me an interview, but it was my top job prospect anyway. So I wasn't upset by that. Um, but I will say that definitely following up after you apply, like a day or two after, like, yeah, I know people don't like calling. I didn't call. I emailed and I made sure to reattach my resume and reattach my portfolio. And that was really helpful. And I feel like that's definitely a th something that helped me secure the position that I have now is like making sure that I put myself out there as much as I could. And then once you're offered that interview, that's when you know, like, you're really set for me. Like, I was so anxious going into that interview. I really, I'm in a new place. I'm going into a new field. Um, I work for a construction company and construction something that I've never worked in. I've never had experience in. And mm -hmm. my boyfriend, Matt, right before I went in, he's like, he's like, he took me by the shoulders. He was like, look at me. He's like, they're asking you for an interview. You have impressed them and they want you there. And that completely reassured me, honestly, like that moment kind of switched gears for me. And I went into the interview very confident. And I was like, the worst thing that happens is they decide after meeting me, they no longer want me, which is fine. That's yeah. what happens sometimes when you go to job interviews. But for me, really remembering that like they have chosen me out of I don't know, 50 applications and they want me to go in. Like they see something in me. They just want to make sure that what they're seeing is actually there at that point. So really when you have the interview, I feel like is a place where you can feel secure and you can feel comfortable saying, okay, they want me. I'm going somewhere where I'm wanted. And from here on out is uh, potentially a smooth ride. But that was where, or that's how I kind of got to my job was through that I did two interviews and then they offered me a job and from me following up to me receiving the um my offer letter I think was probably a week and a half like it happened really fast mm. but um I think that was good because then I ended up starting my job shortly after so that was really fun very exciting um but definitely try to reach out and follow up with people would be one of my biggest tips from my own personal experience and making sure that you have talking points from your portfolio and things like that. Yeah, which you might not have a portfolio depending on your job though, mm -hmm. which I think is also easier for some professions to apply like mass in mass quantities kind of to places. Mm -hmm. But in our fields, I mean, a lot of places differ in the sizes of the portfolio they accept and all that stuff. And we ha have to get the portfolio together in general. So, yeah. Which and is that's a whole piece a whole of art stuff. in itself. Yeah, seriously. That's a whole piece of art in itself where we have to actually go in and do the graphics of it and the graphic design. Yeah. And we have to make sure that the spacing is correct. And it's not something you can throw together very easily. It's something that takes time and like maybe a day or two straight to like sit down and actually kind of look into it and see like, okay, what am I working with? What am I missing? What is potentially something that I need to do? Yeah, I wish we kind of had like a class or two about graphic design and composition because mm -hmm. with boards and the portfolio class, they really didn't tell us 
how to do that like i like graphic designers would know better because they like that's what they do is compositions and like making it aesthetically pleasing and we do that to an extent but more in spaces not on paper not how to compose it all together cohesively which i get that we should know to an extent but they really just showed us past projects and we just kind of copied and then like varied slightly not really that much though mm-hmm. so and that's something I do wish that we did more like at least like one or two classes of graphic design as a requirement so that we would know composition and all that stuff better mm-hmm. and other things that I would also recommend from my own experience um, when I was in college I had the opportunity to be a tour guide at my school and not necessarily that everyone has to be a tour guide but having some experience with public speaking with interacting with others some kind of um, professional development within your field, whether that be participating in a club. And I know it sounds so cheesy. And I was personally the person who I feel like I was pushed to join clubs and activities that I didn't actually want to participate in, but they did end up helping me in the long run. So kudos to my mother for um, encouraging me to do that. But having an opportunity in to college. learn how to public speak. Yeah, not what in college. Clubs it was were more. You in? No, 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 no. That was more high school. But in college for me, my club was kind of being a tour guide and like having that experience where like I'm consistently talking to people. And honestly, it's almost in to put it, I guess, in legit terms, you're almost a salesperson for the college. You're trying to sell the experience to someone and help them see that they can envision themselves here because really college is business at the end of the day. But having that under my belt, I feel like really helps me with my public speaking and how I interact with people and clients as well. Um, So that's definitely something if you have the opportunity or if you're comfortable with that to try to take advantage of that in whatever uh, respective way you're comfortable with and also whatever relates to you and what you're trying to do best. Yeah, I agree. An easier way would be just to join a club though and then be like (laughs) your way up to like being a president or like treasurer or something like where you speak to the group, Mm -hmm. but it's not like necessarily random people all the time, which was what you more so did. But I don't know. But anyways, so (laughs) post-grad, when you are looking for a job, no matter what field you're in, I want to start with a little bit of a rant. because A lot of bit of a rant, actually. It's really really dumb that no matter like if you just leave college if you just leave trade trade school is a little different actually but trade uh college or high school every college no matter what or every let me restart every job no matter what level even entry level that i see on indeed linkedin wants two or three years of experience but Mm -hmm. even if you add up our three internships it's not that much time and three to four internships is so impressive even for college students because I feel like a lot of colleges don't push internships or kids don't think about it because it's not available or what have you. I will interject and say, though, like people that I did talk to were very impressed that I had internships under my belt and that I did experience what I did before trying to attack my job actually professionally post-grad. Yeah, but how many job descriptions did you see that had that they wanted at least like two or three years of experience first? I actually considered my, well, okay, 
all of them but i considered my internships as experience so like i kind of but not two to three years i did mine it would be like maybe two maybe mine was two because i worked for a company for a year and a half and then i had two internships so i rounded up to two years yeah but um i know my case is different than a lot of people's well most people i would say who did not go to Endicott College, did not do internships unless mm-hmm. they were pushed by an outside source to do an internship. This is true. Is that fair to say? No, I would. Absolutely. Okay, yeah. So they wouldn't have the all the experience that even an entry-level job, quote, requires. But it's like, how are you going to be an entry-level if it's like you already need what you would consider an entry-level position for that amount of time? So mm-hmm. I think that's just dumb because you're it never going to take a, a lot chance. harder. Yeah. Because take my like my boyfriend just he when he first applied to a few jobs, he obviously didn't have any experience and stuff because he went to a college that didn't push internships at all. So he didn't have any internships like in his belt, blah blah blah. So when he finally he went to like a temp agency, the temp agency outsourced him to the company he's at now. And the company he's at now is actually one he applied to originally. And then when they saw him actually work, they were like, oh, you're great. We want to actually hire you. But they wouldn't Mm -hmm. have known that because they didn't even give him the time of day because of the lack of like two years of experience. But the job is like an entry level job. Yeah, I feel like I don't know 100 percent, but I feel like this is something new or like the expectation I think it has to do with COVID, if I'm honest. But the expectation that everyone has to have experience and that people are trying to hire new high-level people because with COVID, people saw they had the flexibility to work from home, to start their own businesses, to change careers. They had the time to sit down and actually like think about what they were doing and whether or not it was something they wanted to be doing. And because of that, a lot of people changed careers. But in that, left a lot of vacant spots at a lot of really big companies maybe higher up or those positions that have been there for 10 years they want to try something new and they're trying to fill it with someone else who has the same 10 years of experience which is not something that they're going to find with people who are just graduating from college or just graduating from trade school like we need to go somewhere to learn that's one thing that you will never stop doing and if you do then i'm sorry you need a new job like you need a new position if you're not learning where you are but you learn every day at work you're going to continue to learn and like but they're just like discrediting so many people that are eligible because they think that the other people are applying Absolutely. I definitely would say that's a struggle that we have um, as a generation now is people are expecting things out of us that we physically haven't had the time in our lives to do. Right. Which is just... And then half the time, even my coworkers are like, oh, I forgot you were younger. I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, thank you. Yep. Maybe that's why I'm aging myself because I'm freaking growing old here. <laughs> You're just, uh, for every six months, you are gaining a year of your life sitting in front of your desk. Like, actually, though. That's why I got a stand-up desk, because getting old people. Mm -hmm. I've contemplated getting one of those uh, treadmills, but I think it would be too loud. (gasps) I know. Oh, my gosh. I want one, too, but I think my office is too small. I have my own physical office, and my office is definitely too small. I share it with my boss. Um, see if so, I had like my own my own I would get one because then I wouldn't bother anyone but I would think mm-hmm. the noise would bother because I'm kind of like in a bullpen 
And I feel like that would just be super annoying to hear my (laughs) treadmill, literally, whenever. Everyone would hate you. I know. They already hate, like, how often I go up and down, but I just get so fidgety that I need to stand or, like, I need to go in between the two. The standing desk is life-changing. Yeah. On my Christmas list is an ergonomic, uh, ergonomic keyboard as well. Ooh, that's fun. I haven't experienced one of those before. I feel like that would be weird with all of the, like, key, um, what's it called? All of the shortcuts we take on our keyboard for, like, our programs, our design programs. I feel like that'd be weird. But Yeah, maybe. It's just, like, everything's more angled so that, because your arms go out naturally. Mm -hmm. So it's just kind of like a same keyboard, just angled outward. That's like my mouse. Everyone always makes fun of me for my mouse. I have an ergonomic mouse, and it looks like a triangle. And I've always been made fun of for it. But it's so much more comfortable to use this. Yeah. I was going to say, I have an ergonomic mouse at work now. Yeah. Okay, good, good. Also, medically, I have... I think it's coming back, but I have a cyst in the joint of my wrist. So for me to actually use a normal mouse and twist my wrist for so long is not very comfortable. Yeah. So ergonomic mouse all the way. Would 10 out of 10 recommend. Yeah. Um... Speaking of, what do you think you would recommend to people about your experience getting a job? Like, what do you think would help other people? Like, what what would you recommend out of kind of how you went about getting a job? Or if you were to get a new job, what do you think that you would do differently than? Well, I'd have to update my portfolio. (laughs) Oh, rip. Because she has not been touched since (laughs) college. Mm-hmm. So I have to do that. And then I would say apply to companies that like the company I'm working at now didn't even have an ad out. I literally just saw them, liked what they did, and then sent them an email with my stuff. Mm-hmm. So if you find a company, I wouldn't say like search the, the depths of the internet for like every single company. But if you see a company that you would say is like, that's awesome, but they're not hiring, just send them your stuff. That's what I would yes. say. Definitely. Send them your stuff. Give them, like, your little spiel. Like, not keep it short, simple. Put it, obviously, in the subject line, something, like, that grabs their attention or just flat-out blank, like, looking for a job mm-hmm. or interested, whatever. And then, yeah, just link your stuff your or attach whatever you want to say. Yeah, uh, Depending definitely. on your job and whatever is usually included in an application. But mm-hmm. don't be afraid of, oh, they're not hiring right now. Well, who cares? They, they could make a either new a position for you or they could just add you onto the team. Just Honestly, apply no matter what. Yeah, and with that in the cold, I, I'm going to call it cold emailing companies, mm-hmm. they keep you on file. Like yeah. I, the company that I worked at, um, my last internship that I worked at for about a year and a half – she would keep people's like resumes and portfolios on file. So if she needs someone, she could reference back and email that person and say, hey, I'm now looking for someone. If you are interested, like still interested, please let me know. Like she'll, they keep you on file. It may be a point where like you're no longer looking for a job by the time they reach out to you. But like the worst thing that happens is they say no. And if they say no, then you have an answer immediately. Um, or if they don't answer, rude. If any company ever listens to us, respond to your emails um, 
in regards to careers and people looking for jobs because yeah because i hate when they don't even say no so rude i think of the what i say i applied for like 11 or 12 jobs i think i only received an email back from four yeah maybe three or four which is just so rude i know i didn't follow up to a lot of them so that may be partially my own problem but seriously like just just tell me no tell me no um, but I mean, the worst and most of life that could happen is just people say mm-hmm. no, and I feel like you just yeah. have to get used to it. Unless you were born a brat and your parents never said no, so that's not <laughs> really my problem. Yeah, no, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding, but I'm not kidding. But uh, seriously, like the worst thing that can happen is they're like no, and you are like okay, well, moving on. You have mm-hmm. how many other jobs you applied to? So I would say apply to whoever you want to, you know, and go from there again how emily said follow up i applied to other than the one that the internship that turned into my job now i wanted to apply to like a few other jobs just to see and i i think i only applied to two or three and i honestly don't even remember what happened it was all a blur yeah i can't i don't remember that'd be more helpful if i could remember but (laughs) anyways after yeah about a year and a half now I would say again you never stop learning and one of my advice tips would be that I don't know it's hard how do I articulate it if you get like criticism from your boss and stuff even if they say it in the nicest way don't I I know it's easy because I do all the time like for it to kind of hit your ego instead but Take it Mm -hmm. as they're trying to like help you and teach you so that you don't make that mistake or even if it's not a mistake, but more of like a this is a better way to do it. Mm -hmm. Take it more as like a lesson as if your teacher is telling you not like you're not someone who's trying to criticize you. They're not there to hurt you. Yeah. They're there to help you. They want you to do a good job. You're they're paying you. So it exactly. But it's hard to I know it's hard to take it not personally because sometimes you're like well I thought I knew it but I guess I didn't but yeah like I know that that's hard but I would say that's like Mm -hmm. a big piece of advice that I have it goes back to the like you never stop learning and even in your job you're gonna learn something every day you're gonna learn something from your coworkers. like I know I on I think my third day of work I taught my boss that um this is really just not design related at all. I guess it could be. Um, I taught her that flamingos are pink because of the type of shrimp that they eat. And like, it Girl, may not wow, necessarily- that part of your conversation. <laughs> <laughs> um, because I was convincing one of my boss's kids that there were pink sheep in the world. So I had to tell him at least one legitimate fun fact uh that he Only could you. go and tell his what? parents an emily story <laughs> <laughs> but um so yeah you learn every day from the people around you in the same way that like for example like you'd learn from your parents or you'd learn from your friends in college like just working with people and working around people who have similar interests to you you're gonna learn so much from your experiences, your interactions, your critiques that you get. Um, and it doesn't have to be design related either. Like this can go for like, um, oh gosh, I don't know. I'm going to say nursing probably a lot because my sister's a nurse, but, um, like say your, um, I also don't know the technical terms of nursing. I'm so sorry. This is going really well. Keep going. This is going to, okay. Thank you. Um, 
if your supervisor for your shift sees you have a certain interaction with a patient or the parent of a patient, they may come up to you and say, you handled that well, but here's tips for next time. Like that's not a, um, it's like not a job. Yeah. It's not a job at her. It's them saying, oh, this is what I think. This is what I saw. This is what I think could happen to help the experience be better. And that's not a bad thing. That's her learning. And that's someone teaching you. In yeah. the same way that, like, your parents teach you, your teachers teach you something like that. The learning from each other is definitely something you never stop doing. Well, it's like kind of almost like the same feeling of, like, if you're going to do something, but then someone tells you to do it, and you're like, oh, never mind. Mm-hmm. You're like, I don't want to do it anymore. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> I think it's that same exact feeling of, like, well, I knew it. But then, like, you really didn't know it, but it's, like, it's the exact same of, like, yeah, I don't want to mm-hmm. admit it, but, you know, you got me there. Yeah. <laughs> you got me there. <laughs> so What ended up yeah. surprising you about, like, having a job after you got it? Like, you've been in your job, what, you've had your position for, say, a year and a half now. Like, what really surprised you about either, like, working adulting having a job or like the field like how did your education kind of change after you had a job like how did your viewpoint on your education change I feel well I think the hardest part of it in general is just adulting like I hate making my lunches I know I need to do it because I would become super freaking hungry. No, poor, because I would just buy lunch all the time if I could. But I can't because, number one, I'd get fat. Number two, I would become poor, as I said. So Mm -hmm. with that, I hate making lunches. That's, like, my least favorite part. So actually, after this, I have to make my lunch for tomorrow. Rip. And, yeah, so that's something I guess I knew that I was going to have to do, but I guess I didn't realize how time-consuming slash annoying it was. Because just, like, when when you think you're done, you're not done with the day. Mm -hmm. And then something I think with education, we only had one construction documents class, and we literally had to copy what someone else already did. Yeah. And, I mean, I guess it doesn't pertain to everyone's job post-grad, because I know a lot of people aren't doing construction documents, but... I mean, selfishly, I am. So I kind of wish he actually told us what the importance of, like, all the documents were and that we didn't just copy-paste, that mm-hmm. we actually had to learn how to do the sheets and stuff. Or potentially that we had more than one construction docs classes. Like, maybe we have yeah. the copying one as our initial class so we get a feel for what it's supposed to look like and the layout and the red lines and things like that. And then we had a class of, like, okay, af- like with your studio project please pass in construction documents for xyz like actually put it into practice prior to graduating right yeah i agree because as pretty as like yeah so for thesis we had a project manual i think they called it Mm -hmm. but along with that i mean the construction documents are not that much different literally you just have to put the same exact stuff just into like that which is literally in revit because of sheets and stuff which is essentially revit has which is like the 3d modeling program has its own title blocks and sheets so Mm -hmm. you can quite literally drag your floor plan into whatever sheet you make so it would have been easy to just make the construction documents at the same time as doing thesis but 
So I think that would have been a little more helpful. And then also, you were you in the class that for AutoCAD that did the tea house? Yeah, well, I did the tea house. I don't know if we were in the same class. No, but you were in the class that actually went to it, right? Yes. Because I, I never did went. Did I ever tell you I went in the tea house? Yes, you showed me. This In the past year, I went inside. Yes, yeah. That's so cool. So. Anyways. I don't think they also prepared us for, like, site visits and how much you have to measure mm-hmm. when going to site visits because you would think it's easy, like, oh, a blank, like, a pretty plain room, but then it's, like, every nook and cranny. Like, what's the sill height? What size door is it? All that stuff. It's just... I mean, it's not hard, but I wish we were more prepared Yeah. for when we'd have to go out in the field and measure. I think that makes sense. But also with that is every job is very different in like what you have to do. Like I don't have to do traditional construction documents for my job ever. The largest extent or the closest I get to construction documents is I have to dimension out plans and do call outs for materials to uh, give to our person who does all of the estimations for um, like client presentations of how much we think a project's going to cost. Yeah. So that would be the largest extent and the closest I get to actually doing construction docs and measuring. I definitely go out and do, um, but I don't necessarily have to do construction docs, which is really nice. Makes yeah. me very happy. Yeah. The only reason that I can see like the benefit to it is uh, when we have to do our testing and stuff, there's questions, but other than that. Oh, I don't want to ever test. I know I need to, and I'm thinking about it actively, but I'm not doing anything about it. And that's I don't okay. know if we have to. I mean, some of the jobs though, yeah, that's another problem, not problem, but like with the whole entry level stuff, a lot of people still want some certifications no matter mm-hmm. depending on your field but x certification but you can't get that certification or even apply until how many years in the field and it's like you guys like everything's contradicting yeah. itself so it doesn't really it just doesn't help but no it doesn't and like there's also some i will warn in regards to design school there are some jobs that i've seen that require that you come or that you have an education from a CEDA certified school, um, which is CIDA. And I don't know 100% off the top of my head what CEDA is, but it essentially accredits the school for its design program and ensures that the education fulfills X, Y, and Z curriculum. And yeah they get checked every three years so like when elise and i were there i think we were there for the year that they did it both our freshman and senior year so they check every three years and they go visit the school and they look at the projects the students are doing and make sure that the school is very on top of it but there will be some jobs depending on the size of the company the type of job you want and the rank that you're looking to go to in the job i think determines both of the CETA certification for your education, but also the testing that you have to go through. Yeah. So. And some which, jobs, even if you're not, if you don't take any of the testing and stuff, they still require, like, your degree is from a CETA mm-hmm. um, accredited school. Yes. So just beware. Yeah. 
not deterring you from schools that don't necessarily have it, but just be aware that it is something that people look for. And no one will be going into the field after us. Yep. No, no one. Everyone know. quits. Yeah. I don't know uh, either. I quit too. All right. What the heck? You quit too. I quit. All right. Let's wrap this up because we're getting pretty long here. All right, everyone. Thanks for listening. Remember to like, follow, and leave a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. Follow us on Instagram at a whole design podcast, and that's a w h o l e design podcast to keep up with us on a regular basis. We will have a whole new episode every Wednesday, and we'll see you next week, a holes. Bye. Bye.